you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Second Corinthians with me uh, this this morning, Second Corinthians, Second <clears throat> Corinthians, chapter uh, eight is where we'll be. It's so good to have uh, Mr. Acosta here with us visiting today. It's good to see you, brother. Arthur's dad uh, coming in, helping Arthur bring some uh, some of his belongings down from Raleigh. And it's going to be in for a couple days as as Arthur gets moved into his new place. And uh, just so thankful you're here. And uh, we praise the Lord for you. We're thankful for your son, brother, and uh, the blessing he's already been to our church. And uh, we rejoice in how how God has helped you and your wife raise your children. This is it shows. And uh, we thank the Lord for it. Well, we are, again, uh, just rejoicing in what God did through the missions conference. Faith Promise Sunday is basically a continuation of the conference and uh, the church has uh, traditionally set aside the Sunday following uh, the conference as the day that we commit uh, our cards, our promises that what we believe God would have us give uh, for the coming year. And with the Lord's help, I'm going to uh, just share some things with you that I hope will be an encouragement. I hope will be a, a blessing uh, as we do this together. Uh, I want to remind you, and I may say this again at the end of the service, that faith promise giving, it, it is not a fundraiser, church. Okay? It is an act of worship. We, you see fundraisers with athletics and different things going on, and I'm not criticizing that, but what we do here when it comes to giving, it is, it is an act of worship. It is a free will offering. In the Old Testament, we saw they bring their offerings. Uh, some of them were voluntary offerings, free will. And they did it as an act of worship. And, and we're grateful that when we come and talk about missions and talk about missionaries, it's not a fundraiser. It is an act of worship where we're going to see God move on our hearts and increase our faith and give us grace so that we can have more of an impact for Jesus Christ. That is the goal of a local church is to do as much as it can to glorify and magnify the name of Jesus in our community and all over the world. And that is our goal and our prayer. But I'm thankful for your attendance during the conference. Um, and I just want to remind you, if you were not able to make it, some of you were able to view it from home through our live stream. And I'm thankful for your faithfulness there. But if you missed a couple services due to whatever, would you please go back and listen to those messages? They were phenomenal. Brother Stedman handled the word of God very carefully and delivered messages that just really hit the center of our hearts. And uh, we give God the praise for that. But then also our missionary presentations were tremendous. Uh, we had the Jobways here, the Mariners and the Allens, whom we support. They all did a great job. And I hope that we can uh, add those two other families to our missionary family. And as we pray and seek God's face, we're definitely going to, uh, to seek the Lord in doing that. And so if you'll find your place there in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm just going to go ahead and read a verse one. We will be looking at other verses, <clears throat> but uh, but I just want to read this one. And second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, verse one, the Bible says, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, 
How then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I want to give a message this morning, preach a message entitled this, the spirit of missions giving, the spirit of missions giving. Let's pray together. Oh, God, I do come before you recognizing that I I'm incapable, Lord, I'm incapable of convincing Lord spiritual truths. So what I am asking you to do, Lord, is just to use me as a vessel here this morning as a voice that is sanctified by the Spirit of God. And you would fill me and just speak through me your truth. Speak to my heart, Lord. I need you to speak to me this morning. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here. Lord, encourage them. Strengthen them. Remind us of what you desire to do through our missions giving. And so, God Almighty, we are praying that you would receive all the glory through this message being preached this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The spirit of missions giving. What is this missions offering that we emphasize every year? Well, some of you that are new members here, you may have heard me mention it already. Those of you that have been members here a while are are very familiar with our, our missions giving program. And what we do each year, it is a uh, voluntary offering, as I mentioned just a minute ago, a free will offering given by church members in order to do what? To fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus Christ has not called any other entity other than his church to uh, propagate and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as that is a fact, we as a church take that commandment very seriously. And what we want to do is we want to make a way that is orderly, that is uh, practical, and that allows us as a church to give to missions every year to where we can increase that giving and support more and more as they go all around the world and even in our own country. Now, in the context of this passage, let me just give you a little uh, uh, a brief uh, description of what's happening In the context, we see the Corinthians had made a promise to give an offering to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. Uh, They the the believers there in Jerusalem were suffering uh, to the point of of, uh, starving, being without food. They were under persecution. Uh, There was a lot of things going on there. And so what has happened is the church in Corinth. Uh, made a promise, said they, they, and they were serious. They weren't, they weren't kidding around. They said, hey, we want to give to that. And we're going to take up an offering. Well, that sparked a little bit of revival in giving because t- Paul took the testimony of the Corinthians and shared it with the new believers in Macedonia, which was a different region. Okay, then Jerusalem, he, he told them about it. That was Ephesus and Philippi and Berea and uh, t- told them about it. Well, they got fired up about taking up an offering and giving it to the poor saints in Jerusalem. So what we have in context here is Paul is writing to the Corinthians to remind them of the promise they made to remind them uh, of, of the importance of giving and the spirit of giving. And he uses the church in Macedonia as an example. It's kind of interesting, is it not? It started off as Paul using the Corinthians as an example. Well, they didn't follow through as quickly as they probably should have. 
So what Paul does, and he then takes the, the churches in Macedonia and uses them as an example. Because he's basically saying at the very front here, I, I, we do you to wit. Uh, that's an old King James English word for we want you to know and understand of the grace of God on these churches in Macedonia. They have the spirit of giving church of Corinth that I want you to understand. And this morning, with God's help, church, I want us to understand also the spirit that the Macedonian churches had and their giving. Uh, you see, these were giving this these were giving churches that Paul had started there in Macedonia, who not only took up an incredible offering for the saints in Jerusalem, but also faithfully and sacrificially supported Paul and his missionary service. There have been some that have say, well. You can't use these passages when it comes to missions giving. Well, I beg to differ because I understand the context is for the saints in Jerusalem. But never forget the example that Paul gave were the churches in Macedonia and their spirit of giving who were faithfully giving to Paul's missionary work. So we are looking at an example here of missions giving any way you want to cut it. And it's something that we need to emulate. And and by God's grace, we can do that. But we are seeking uh, to, to make a difference. And I want to say this morning, it is not what you give that matters most. It is in the spirit of which you give it. Let me say that again. It is not what you give or the amount you give that matters most. But it is the spirit in which you give it. The heart of your gift is what God is most interested in. And we see the heart of these Macedonian believers as as Paul is going to paint this picture of someone that we can follow in their example. Let me ask you this. Have you ever volunteered for something, but you didn't have a good spirit and fulfilling it? Anybody ever done that? I have. Volunteered for something that perhaps uh, you just didn't have a, a good spirit and following through with it. We all have. I know I have. I remember a specific time in 2011, uh, Joanna was pregnant with our first child, uh, Mary Ann, and uh, we were in France. We were in language school, and uh, boy, were we just uh, fresh on the mission field, if you will. And uh, as we were there in France, uh, studying the language, we were trying to get a grasp of it. And during this time, as she started making her doctor's visits, that was no easy task. Uh, because the French there, they, they take their language very seriously, and I, and I understand they should. And so when they go, when you go to the, to the hospital, they expect you to speak French. And, uh, and, and they expect you to communicate. And now there are some times where they will speak English because they're trying to learn English and whatnot. But most of the time, you have to struggle through that language you want to understand and take it. We've only been there half a year trying to study and get the language. And so nevertheless, it was a great challenge. And so Joanna had um, said that she was going to go and, of course, trying to be the good husband that I desired to be. I volunteered to go with her to this visit. And so, sure enough, we, we went to this visit, and uh, I want to tell you, uh, this particular doctor did not speak much English, neither had a desire to speak any, any English. So I, I volunteered to go with her. Well, after arriving to this particular appointment, I want to tell you, my spirit began to change. I had volunteered with a good spirit, 
But I had arrived with a bad spirit. And I had continued staying there with a bad spirit because of what I realized upon arriving. You see, when I arrived there, I realized I was in a room with my wife and ten other French ladies without their husbands. And you say, well, what's so bad about that? Well, the lessons were being taught on how uh, to give birth. Let's just say that was awkward. Okay, because here I am and they're doing, they're talking about, I even think perhaps the breathing exercises. So here I am with my sweet wife, Joanna, and ten other French ladies talking about, (laughs) that was not fun, folks. I was miserable. I was, I had a bad spirit. I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? And I just turned into a bad spirit. And my wife was not very happy with me, although she was, she was very compassionate later and understood. But I want to tell you, that was something I volunteered for, but I had, I did not have a good spirit. And praise be to the Lord, my wife said I didn't have to go back. Amen. I was thankful for that. But, you know, there are times that we do. We volunteer and give of ourselves, and then we may not have the right spirit in doing it. And this is what Paul is going to deal with here. He's going to deal with a church that had a good spirit. They had good intentions that we're going to help this church. But something happened along the lines where they got a bad spirit about it. And Paul's going to remind them of what is most important, and that is having a heart and a commitment for what they had said they would do. And Paul directs the example, the attention to the example of the Macedonians, and he points out four characteristics for giving to missions in the right spirit. Let me give you those quickly. Four characteristics. If you're taking notes, I want to give you four characteristics for giving to missions in the right spirit. Number one, there needs to be a spirit of grace. A spirit of grace needs to be present. You know, notice what the Word of God says there in verse 1. It says that He wanted them to wit or to know of the grace of God that was bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. There was an obvious distinction of grace upon these people. A, A spirit of grace, that is. Well, what is this grace? Let me just define it like this. In the context of our passage, I believe it's this. It is living and giving beyond our power. It is living and giving beyond our power. Notice the context. They were in poverty, folks. Most of us in this room, if not, I would venture to just go ahead and say all of us. All of us are rich, are rich financially compared to most of the world. I've been to third world countries And and when I think of the two most populated uh, places on the planet, when I think of China and when I think of India, you go, most of those countries are third world regions. They do have first world regions in certain parts. I understand that. But listen, folks, there there is uh, one billion people in, in each of those countries. And I want to tell you something here. It is it is obvious that these people right here were in poverty. From what Paul says, and the Spirit of God had him write, that it was a deep poverty. But even in that deep poverty, they were able to give towards this offering, and they were able to support the the Apostle Paul. 
that was only by the grace of God. It is living and giving beyond our power. And if we're going to have an effective missions program here where we give, it's only going to be done by God's power. I'm not here to twist your arm this morning, friend. I am here by God's grace. I'd like to give you biblical truth and let your heart respond to it in obedience. And you do what you believe God would have you do. But I want to tell you, my friend, if you try to do this in the flesh, you try to work up just some emotion and give it by emotion. It's not the spirit of grace. Grace is that supernatural power that God will enable you to give to his glory. Let's suppose here, as we think about these people in poverty, let's suppose that we are in a famine, okay? Right here in the United States of America. Let's suppose that your family hardly had anything to eat. And your family was going hungry. The children were hungry. And let's suppose that during this time, that as your family was hungry and you barely, just barely had enough to feed them, let's suppose another family comes to your house and you don't have enough for them as well. What do you do? Well, let's let's just suppose that for sake of illustration that you decided to give so that they could eat, too. Maybe it cut back uh, significantly on the portion you had for your family. Maybe it was all. I don't know what the case may be, but nevertheless, you know, that would be an act of grace. It would be an act of grace that you were giving if you decided to do that. But I want to take it a step further. That would be grace. But I want to tell you, it goes even further. Let's suppose That this family is someone that has treated you badly. Let's suppose that this is a family that had called you names. That had looked down on you. That had considered you inferior. Then, would you give it to them? My friend, that would be grace. And I want to tell you, there were Gentiles in the churches of Macedonia... Who had experienced the same exact treatment that I just described to you. The Jews despised the Gentiles. They despised them and looked down on them. They wouldn't even go through their own land. They made it a point to go around there, the, the, the Samaritans and others, uh, and, and they despised them. They looked down upon them. They were unclean. But yet there are Gentiles in this church who, by the grace of God, knew how they were looked at upon many people, but said, that doesn't matter. We, God has changed our life. We, we received Christ and we're going to send an offering to the saints in Jerusalem. How did they do that? It was by the grace of God. You see, that's what we do. You may say there are people around this world who hate the gospel and, and hate Christians and, and, and despise and whatnot or, or don't even want the gospel. But yet we send missionaries. Yet we make it a point to get them the gospel. Why do we do that, church? Because by God's power, we show grace. Grace! It's awesome. And God's doing it. And I'm thankful for the grace of God that enables us to give what we do. It's all to his glory. If we don't have time to dive into it, but that word grace there is also mentioned in verse number six that, that he was talking about that you need to grow in this same grace that the Macedonians have. He says it in verse seven that you abound in this grace. He uses the example of the grace of Christ in verse nine. We see in verse 19. He also mentions it again that you travel us with this grace. What is he talking about there? He's talking about that offering that was given by grace, the grace of the Lord. How do we see that it was grace? Because it was a generous gift. 
Verse number two, notice what it says, even in their deep poverty, it abounded into the riches of their liberality. God enabled them to give and a generous gift, even in the situation they were in. But also we see God's grace because it was a voluntary gift. Notice verse number three in, in chapter eight, it says, for to their power, I bear record. Don't miss it. Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. All right. Don't forget it. This this is grace when a person gives a voluntary offering. Whether you deserve it or not, it is given because they want to give it to you. It's not because you've earned it. It's not because you've uh, deserved it. But it is because that person is just given a voluntary offering. And that's what it says here. They gave beyond their power because they gave of themselves. It was a free will offering. Not only do we see the spirit of grace, but number two, we see the spirit of love. Number two, if you're taking notes. We see the spirit of love. Notice with me in verse number eight. Paul says to the Corinthians here concerning their giving, the spirit of giving. He says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. I want you to notice, number one, about the spirit of mission, the spirit of missions giving. It is not compulsory. Okay, it is not compulsory. In fact, it is it is given uh, from a heart of love and gratitude. Notice what Paul says. I speak not by commandment. It was not that he was crashing down a commandment upon them, trying to manipulate them or make them feel guilty. He says, no, I come to you. Uh, and, and the very fact that you have made a commitment by your own decision, I'm just simply reminding you of it. But I will say this. It, there is an evidence that will be there. And notice number two. Not only was it not compulsory, but it was not artificial. It was not artificial. Notice the second part of verse number eight. It says to prove the sincerity of your love. You know, as we give towards missions... We must give in the spirit of love, a love for God, a love for his mission, a love for souls, a love for seeing churches planted. It must come from a heart and a spirit of love. We don't we don't want, as we're going to see here in a few minutes uh, in another characteristic. But I want to uh, love the Lord and show that through what I do for missions. And today, when we give this offering. When we tear that card off as members of Cooker Creek Baptist Church and we're deciding and praying what we're going to give, what we do is we tear that card off and we place it in the plate. And what this is, this is symbolic of my love for the work of God. It is symbolic. It is a token. It is an evidence of my love for souls and my desire to see more done for the cause of Christ and it should come from a heart of love from each one of us. It's a it's a token. It's an evidence. I think it was Amy Carmichael that said this. I'm not absolutely sure. But she said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And that goes back to the spirit. There are many things we do in this life. Unfortunately, many times we do the right thing, but we have a terrible spirit about it. We're disgruntled. 
We do it uh, uh, with resentment and, and we do it with frustration and we do it expecting uh, something in return when, when indeed God is saying, hey, give it with a heart of love and, and do it for the glory of God. So we see that a spirit of grace, a spirit of love, but also a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith is what the Macedonians had. We see there in 2 Corinthians, look with me in chapter 9, as he, this, the context is still on this matter of giving. And he notices here, as he give, gives these truths of giving, notice number three, the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. Notice with me 2 Corinthians 9, 7, the first part of it. It says here, and according to this offering, it says, let every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give. All right. So what is this speaking of? Where do we see faith in this? Well, number one, I want us to make a quick point. Every person in this room can exercise faith. Amen. That's just that's just the truth. No matter how old you are. No matter what season in life you're in, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey as a Christian, I want you to know that we all can exercise biblical faith. And when it comes to this voluntary offering, it is a, a definitely an exercise of faith. You see, you say this is the this is another difference between and in my opinion, it is the difference between tithing and a voluntary offering. The tithe is commanded. The tithe is commanded. I don't have to have faith to give my tithe. I just know right on the top of my budget, every, every, everything I get, whether it be a gift or whether it be a, a paycheck, I know that 10% is going right to the Lord. I can't touch that, and I dare not touch that. That's the Lord's. There's no faith in that. It's just straight, strictly obedience. But over and beyond that tithe, and according to this context, it's called a voluntary offering, and that's where we do get in the realm of faith. They're saying, Lord, I, I, I got my tithe I'm giving. And Lord, I got these bills that I'm also paying. And Lord, I do want to support missionaries, but Lord, I need your help. It's a step of faith, isn't it, church? It is. And it's not a blind faith, but it is a, an act of faith because we know what the Word of God says about faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I got an offering that God has placed on my heart as Joanne and I prayed. And by the grace of God, I don't see it yet. <laughs> 2021 hadn't got here yet. Lord knows what that year's going to bring. But I know one thing. I said, God, you've placed this upon my heart. I'm going to trust you to provide that. You may, it may be in various ways. It may be through sacrificing. It may be through a special gift. I don't know, Lord, how you're going to do it. But I'm going to trust you. Because it's the evidence of things not seen. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm trusting and the Lord to provide it. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, let every man and notice what it says as he purpose in his heart. It's a planning ahead. We trust God to supply that which he has led us to give. And we see in verse 10, don't miss this truth. Notice verse 10. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower. Who is he that ministereth seed? Who is that? Who gives seed to the sower? God does. Notice what it says. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. 
We are trusting the Lord and he is faithful. He can be trusted. As we take this step of faith in the coming year, church, we're going to trust the Lord. We're going to trust him to do what he says he would do. Philippians 419, you know, a lot of people take that verse out of context. And please understand, I'm not being critical of anybody that uses this verse for maybe something else. But the context of Philippians 419, it says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul is giving that verse in the context of that church giving to the missions program, giving to the missionary work of the Apostle Paul. He's bragging on them. He's thanking them for their faithfulness. And he's saying, church, my God, God is going to supply all your need because you're being faithful with what he's given you. You're going over and beyond a voluntary offering. You see, the spirit of faith is looking to the Lord for complete assurance that he will provide a way for me to give. You know, I'm going to just be honest with you here. This is not bragging, but this is just being truthful with you. There were times this past year. Uh, we had we had some unplanned expenses. I believe you all could give very similar testimonies, perhaps at certain times of 2020 or even at, toward the end of, of 2019. We had some unplanned expenses. And I don't say that to brag because I'm telling you right now, at those points, I questioned God. I'm being transparent with you. I said, Lord, I gave faith promise and I promised this. And look, what? why is my why is the, my vehicle doing what it's doing? Why is my AC unit doing what it's doing? Why is all this coming up? Lord, I, I, what's going on? I thought it was just supposed to be easy. I thought this thing was just supposed to be, hey, I make my promise and we just roll. And the Lord says, remember, you've got to trust me. And by the grace of God, I don't say this bragging on Brent's and Jenny's because, like I said, I had a poor attitude. God forgave me. But this past year... We were, God enabled us to give our faith promise. And you know what? I can't remember a time that the pantry or fridge was empty. It probably should be at least a couple of days for me anyway. But listen, I'm just telling you, folks, God's faithful. He's going to provide. You can trust him. It's an act of faith. But we do trust the Lord. And then I want to tell you one thing. I don't want anybody in this church feel like you're being uh, pressured. Okay. Because it is between you and the Lord. That's why we don't ask people to put their names on the card. It's a, it's a commitment between you and your Lord of what you would like to give. And the only thing practical it does for us is it helps us to have an estimate of how many more new missionaries we'll be able to take on in the coming year. It is a voluntary offering. Number four, in closing, we see that not only a spirit of grace and a spirit of love and a spirit of faith, but notice with me a spirit of joy. A spirit of joy. Is necessary in the faith promise giving. Notice the same, excuse me, the same passage there in chapter 9. Notice the second part of verse number 7. As we say, as a man purpose in his heart, so let him give. Don't miss it. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. This is the spirit of joy. When we give today, we give from a spirit of joy and gladness. And I will say this, and I don't say this condescendingly, I don't try to. But if you are not giving in the spirit of joy and gladness, listen, just keep your money, pray about it, let God get a hold of your heart, and then give cheerfully. But God is looking at the heart here. 
You know, it, again, it goes back to the very fact that we are doing it as a free will offering. And Paul reminds them about giving in the spirit of joy. What does he mean by not grudgingly? The word literally means uh, uh, it's a two words there. It means don't give out of sorrow. <laughs> don't give. Uh, can I just say it like this? Don't give painfully. You ever had to give up something and it was painful? It's like, oh, I don't want to let this go. Oh, I don't know about this. God said, Paul's saying, look, don't let your giving be like that. You pray about it. You get the grace of God and let the love of God and the faith of God enter your heart. And then you give and you give joyfully, not painfully. But not only that, not only grudgingly, he says, but not of necessity. Now, it goes back to what I just mentioned. That word, not of necessity there, it means not pressured. Not pressured. I don't want you to feel like arms are being twisted here uh, or manipulated. Uh, it's not a fundraiser. It's an act of worship. Now, I have to admit, there have been times when I've been in conferences and in my own mind, I, I had a faulty thinking about this. I really did. And God's helped correct my thinking in this that I almost thought it's like, boy, if we could just uh, it, it, it almost comes across as a fundraiser. And it came all about the number and it came all about the, the numbers of missionaries and all those things are important. Please understand me. I want to impact more and I want to do more. But really, when it comes back down to it's an act of worship, it's an offering that I get to offer to God. And I pray that it's a sweet smelling savor as he told the church in Philippians. He told them, he said, church, your offering. In fact, go over there and look with me. Just flip over about probably just a few pages to the book of Philippians. Just two books there. Go past Ephesians and look at uh, Philippians chapter number four. And look what God said here about how the offering is to him. How he views the offering of God's people who are giving to missions. Please don't miss this. Chapter 4, verse 18. He says here, Paul, chapter 4, verse 18 of Philippians. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Now get it. An odor of a sweet smell. A sacrifice. Acceptable. Well-pleasing to God. Church, what that verse is saying is the missionary support that Paul received from the church of Philippi. It smelled good to God. You see, when they gave sacrifices in the Old Testament, there would be sacrifices of incense. And there were certain ones, especially, get this, you can't miss the connection. The ones that had the incense were also voluntary offerings. And when they brought forth that voluntary offering and they gave it of their own free will, boy, the Lord God, as he saw it was a perfect sacrifice and acceptable, it just was pleasing to our Creator and Savior and King and God. It pleased him. I don't know about you, but I, I tell you what, I love going home on a Sunday afternoon after church of preaching and being here with my brothers and sisters in Christ. But boy, going home, my family and opening that front door and smelling that roast or that chicken or whatever it is that day. And it's not every Sunday, but when it does happen, it is a blessing. It smells so good. 
And it just encourages the heart. Wow, that smells good. Church, I don't, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. But here in just a moment, when we commit for our coming year to missions, and we give forth our offering today and each week and the following year, you know what this is going to be? It's going to smell great to God. It's going to be pleasing to Him. And I don't know about you, but I think that's a wonderful motivation to giving to missions because it is well-pleasing to our God. And that's why we do what we do. It is not for show. It is an act of worship. Joy. Joy. And he says here in the end of verse 7, he says, of, not of necessity, but God loveth a cheerful giver. That word cheerful carries the idea of just gladness. It's where actually the Greek word is where we get our English word hilarious. Is a sweet spirit there in giving one who gives joyfully. I recently heard the story, read the story that was told of a man who was on vacation. Was strolling along outside his hotel and suddenly he was startled by the screams of a woman kneeling in front of a child. The man knew enough to determine that the child was choking. So seizing the child by the heels, the man held him up, gave him a few shakes, and a quarter dropped to the sidewalk. Oh, thank you, sir, the woman, the mother cried. You seem to know just how to get it out of him. Are you a doctor? He said, no, ma'am. He said, I'm with the Eternal Revenue Service. And I want to tell you, folks, sometimes when it comes to taxes, I know we can give grudgingly. It's like, what percentage are we giving again? What are, how much are they asking us to give? Wow. Sometimes we, can, we give that grudgingly. But may it never be said that we give in that spirit to God's work. That we give with a right spirit. A spirit that pleases the Lord. It's understandable. In certain areas of life. But I tell you, when it comes to our God and the gospel going forth. And souls being saved. Lives being changed. And churches being planted. I want to tell you right there. That's a reason to be happy. That's a reason to be joyful. Here in just a moment. We're going to put forth our faith promise commitments and we're going to do it in the right spirit. We're going to do it by grace. We're going to do it by love. We're going to do it by faith. And we're going to do it with joy. And I want to say this in closing. Just so we clearly understand, church. God does not need our money. He can turn this building into gold. If he wanted to. God, we, we are not giving because God needs our money. But let me tell you what he has done. He has created and designed a way for us to have a part. In reaching this world. He doesn't need the money, but he says, you know what, children, I'm going to give you an opportunity to show forth grace, to show forth your love, to show forth faith, to show forth joy. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And he says, that's why we see the spirit of giving and that's why we give what we give. You know, 
it could be said like this and, and without misunderstanding it. Giving is more for us than it is for God. It's to show us our dependence upon him, our love for him. You see, we get to offer something back to God. He's done so much for us. And when I give something like this, it's a token to say, Lord, I love you. Thank you. Use this for your glory. Use this for more people to hear about you. Lord, it ain't much. It ain't much, God, but I want to give it with the right spirit. And it may not seem like much to you, but I'm telling you, if it's what the Holy Spirit has put on your heart, and you give it in the right spirit, it, it's, it, you can't replace it with all the money in the world. I'm telling you, the Lord is able. The spirit of missions giving is that our spirit this morning. Would you pray with me?